Let me get a 10-piece hot, extra crispy, extra wet. Let me get a blue cheese. Matter of fact, two. I'm on celery and fries and a peach drink. And make sure my fries is hot because they was cold last time. to the Extra Crispy, Extra Wet Podcast, hosted by the Young Aunties. Welcome to the Extra Crispy, Extra Wet Podcast, hosted by us, you Young Aunties. Y'all could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. All right, well, we're down here in the A with a little Southern Hospitality and down here, we think it's rude to walk in the room and not introduce yourself and speak. So we're going to do that first. Kay, kick us off. What's going on, everybody? It's Auntie Kirby, a.k.a. Where's Kirby and a.k.a. the West Side Woodner, checking in from the SWATs as usual. Y'all know we had to bring you a little something, something from the Sunshine State. Tell them who you are, darling. You know, it's the favorite double C, Coco and Kirby. That's me. Oh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> you know how it is. I'm uh, Florida Bay, Georgia Bay, as always. Good morning, everyone. All <laughs> right. And Jay, tell them who you are. Grand Rising. As some <laughs> people <laughs> This your girl Jazzy coming from the good old East Side Cock and Hammer. Glad to be in the number one more time and ready to talk mm-hmm. some shit today. <laughs> All right. And y'all know who this is. Your favorite homegirl, Nick, from the old school. I thought you where we put it on you. All right. Like Jazzy said, glad to be in this number one more again. Hey everybody! Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to eat good down here, y'all. So we like to do this thing where we give our wing order of the day. Let's see, Jazzy, what's on your plate for today? So I was, I was thinking, like, what do I want? I had some wings yesterday while I was watching the the, uh, the college football games, and I said, you know what I want? I think I want me a buffalo chicken wrap. Mm. Oh, uh, so I think I'm gonna do a buffalo chicken wrap. I got to have some ranch on it from Wingstop, that crack ranch. <laughs> little lettuce, tomato, little cheese. Um, with a bottle of water. I don't want nothing else but the wrap. That's it. I think I'm gonna do that today. All right, all right. Coco, what you eating? So I'm gonna be simple. So back at home, it was this place called Speedy Two. It ain't there no more. Uh, for other reasons but anyway they used to have like this grilled cheese breakfast sandwich with like eggs and bacon and shit so I decided to you know make me one it don't it ain't as good as theirs I ain't even gonna hold you but it's gonna hold me over (laughs) and then you know I'm gonna just you know have my water gotta stay hydrated cause you know I hydrate and I mind my business okay all right Kate tell me something good Tell me something good. Hey. Okay. <laughs> okay, vocals. Listen, I'm going to keep it Atlanta considering what kind of episode this mm. is about to be. Yeah. I want number one, whatever it is, it's got to be double crispy. There are mm. restaurants in Atlanta that allow you to have levels of crispiness. You can get it extra crispy. You can get it extra, extra crispy. And even extra, extra, extra crispy. Shout out. JR Crickets in Union City. Okay. Uh, I wanted Atlanta today. Let me get a 10 piece hot, extra, extra crispy, lemon pepper sprinkles. I want a side of fries. I want lemon pepper on them and I want them tossed in the sauce. Mm. Oh. 
I want a peach drink, and I want a little splash of lemonade on top because I'm feeling different today. <laughs> and for later on, because just because you're from Atlanta don't mean you don't like good healthy food. I want me a chef salad from American Deli. Okay. Mm-hmm. A la 1997. Okay. okay. Um, I'm going to keep it watery for that meal. So we're going to have a big bottle of Evian because sometimes I like French things. <laughs> and then I'm going to add some dessert to this one. Now, I know this is wrong. But if you Atlanta, Mm-mm. you know what time it is. The hot light is on. Go ahead, oh. me, go ahead and give me three hot. But wreck your car. Animals. <laughs> That's what I'm having today. Okay. Yeah. Look, if folks be ready to wreck they damn car, risk <laughs> okay. Risk it all. When that hot light come on, <laughs> I be so nervous riding past a Krispy Kreme because <laughs> I be like, please let me make it through this intersection for that light. Okay. Come on. Cause these folks about to cut <laughs> up, right? If that hot light come on, folks lose their mind. Baby, they parking lot looking like Atlanta oh. snowpocalypse in 2013. Oh my god, that 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 should be crazy. It's scary. Wow. It's it's, okay. it's okay. traumatizing. We love you, Dustin. Well, we appreciate all the rest of y'all, Sublime, and all the yeah. donut shops. <laughs> All that Seattle type stuff that people be doing and bringing to Atlanta, but let that hot like come on. Okay, Everybody, everybody's making a hard left. Right. Yeah, for real. I think Chris. I ain't had one in so long. Don't I, do it. I know, it's right? Because the thing about it, crisp is not as many Krispy Kremes around. Mm-mm. Like it's only a couple of them left, and shoot, then one burnt down last year. Remember? Yeah, one of the originals, one on punts. Yeah, that was terrible. Shack on. But look, y'all, I don't think he building it back though. I don't think it I, don't I, look I, like it. Last time I rode past there. Yeah, I'm, even I'm though he said he would. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe that's something we need to follow up on. A little <laughs> extra crispy, extra wet investigation. Oh, right. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess I'm. Um. I don't know. I'm feeling a little garlicky today. Okay. For some reason, so I think I want like some honey garlic wings. Okay. Oh, that's um, I want some. I want some hot, fresh fries. I ain't had no good fries in a while. Like, I want some nice, thick cut, nice hot fries, um, lightly seasoned. Um, I want the super thick, chunky blue cheese, um, and I want some grilled shrimp. Is that weird? Mm-mm. No. I, I want me like a little shrimp skewer, just just a little grilled shrimp on the side, and I want the coldest ice water. And Kirby, I, I'll take me a little bit of that chef salad from American Deli. It's lit as well. Oh, oh, it'd be so good. What dressing you used to put on your chef salad? Um, I used to switch it up. Sometimes I would put um, blue cheese, especially back when they had the super chunky, um, naturally fresh. Um, blue cheese at American Deli. You better be specific. I mean, because you know American <laughs> Deli got their own dressing now, but it ain't as good. Um, but they used to have a naturally fresh chunky, and I used to do that, <laughs> or I would do the ranch, and they had the naturally fresh ranch too. Um, so I, I would switch it up, and then sometimes I would just do a little vinaigrette that I made at home, and um, toss it in there and eat it. It's, it's it's really good, and that's back when they used to have the shredded lettuce only. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, now they switch it up with the lettuce. It depends on where you at. But Baby, I done moved to Sandy Springs, and we just don't got that over here. That's not what them people over there want. That's they want <laughs> they want the taco spots. They want whole foods. That's bars. all we have. Like I be yeah. like, dang, ain't no good chicken. That's why I ain't it, really had chicken in a long time. Cause shit, ain't no good chicken over here. It might be some Mediterranean spots over in that area that you might like. Mm. Yeah, you might <laughs> like it. You remember we liked that Greek spot we went to. Oh yeah, that oh yeah, that mom the pop one. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you know we had you know that word of mouth get around for them little hole in the wall spots. Y'all talking about Nick's <laughs> to go, or y'all talking about Cafe Agora? You talking about which one? You talking about Nick's to go or Cafe Agora? Neither. I don't know tonight. <laughs> it's just like a little spot. You'll miss it if you ain't know it's there. Yeah, we'll we'll tell you we'll tell you about it offline. Bit <laughs> about it offline. I can't have everybody um over there right now. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but all right, uh, let's just keep it moving, y'all. It's time for one of my favorite parts of the show, Auntie of the Day. Jazzy, who we got on, on the lineup for today? So Auntie of the Day is Dr. Patrice Harris. She is an African-American psychiatrist and the first African-American woman to be elected as the president of the American Medical Association. She was elected the 174th president in June of 2019. She is a member of the sorority Alpha Kappa Alpha (laughs) Incorporated. Um, And she obtained her medical degree from West Virginia um, University School of Medicine. And she completed her psychiatry residency and child psychiatry fellowship at Emory University School of Medicine. So she was she's from West Virginia, but she relocated down here. And she's living in in um in Atlanta, and she has her practice here. So she's an advocate, and she's a leader in organized medicine, and a current practicing psychiatrist trained in child slash adolescent and forensic psychiatry. She is working to improve services for children who have been abused and neglected. Her office is located here in Atlanta, off of Febron Road. So we want to say thank you, Dr. Harris, for everything that you're doing in the field of psychiatry and being an advocate for your patients and for public health. Oh my gosh, that is awesome! And Fairburn Road, that's Atlanta, Atlanta. That's SWAT. Mm-hmm. Listen, say what? When I looked it up, I said, "Baby, pistol with What's going on, dog? <laughs> I'm Y'all ain't got to do my side of town like that, man. We got. I love your side on. of town, boo. I love it. Hey, you got to keep it on you. But but yeah. but you're right though. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep it on you. <laughs> um. And I don't care what side of town I'm on because, you know, like one time, uh, I'm going to tell you this real quick story, then we're going to move forward. But <laughs> one time, this is when I worked, um, I worked in the, in the uh, you know, y'all know we worked in the prison system or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, I was at work and I got a phone call um, from my neighbor saying like, hey, uh, well, from my parents' neighbor saying, hey, can you get over here? The alarm at your parents' house going off. Now, my parents was out of town on a trip. And they knew that I was watching the house or whatever. And so I'm like, oh, shoot. So I tell my bosses and stuff like, hey, I need to run, you know, home real quick. They live like 15 minutes away um, and check on the house. And I remember one of my coworkers was like, dang, somebody done tried to break in. You must live in the hood. I was like, no, I live in a nice neighborhood where people want to come steal shit. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Like, why do people think crime is only... Like it's like a magical, like electric gate, like where you can't cross over and do crime in nice areas. 
that's actually where a lot of crime happens because there's a lot of stuff to steal there. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I my, the moral of the story is keep it on you wherever you at. Yep. At this point in Atlanta, wherever you at. And yes, I ended the sentence in a preposition. I know that it's incorrect, but I can do that. <laughs> it's no lit. Anyway, that was a wonderful auntie of the day. Um, I love that she's making living history. Yes. Um, and, and, and that she's working every day actively bettering our state, our community, our culture, everything. Yes, I love it. Hey, so I want to be her friend. I wonder if she's taking any new friends. <laughs> well, might be, you might can try and become a patient. And you know, sometimes yeah. people don't want to make new friends. I mean, it's hard making friends as an adult. That could be a whole episode. You know how like um your doctors yeah. be like accepting new patients or not accepting new patients? Yeah. We might need to start doing that with friends. Like I'm now actively accepting new friends. <laughs> and you can, you know, we can do a consultation. Both be weird though. I'm not gonna hold you. <laughs> That's why you got to do a consultation. Not even like but doing. you know, people just know how to finesse. Like I just I just mm, mm, mm. You can't tell them what kind of friends you like. You just got to say, let's hang out. Well, maybe we need to start doing like, um, what's it called when your job do your evaluations? Um, I mean, yeah, it could be called an evaluation or a yearly review. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. like maybe, or maybe we need to start doing that with our friends. Oh, yeah, I've already had in my mind that I'm cutting a couple people off. Oh, you know, you might have to have that sit down and be like, you know, these are some different categories. You know, reliability, Honesty, um, discretion. Yeah. <laughs> it's two people right now that's getting cut off. They know. <laughs> oh Aww. man, rest in peace. Yeah, well, I wish yeah. them nothing but the best, but they just can't be in my life. You feel me? Understood. Understood. <laughs> understood. understood. <laughs> Hell, understood. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's get into it, y'all. Today, uh, we are very excited because so much has been going on in our city lately that we actually have an all-Atlanta menu. Every single story on this menu is Atlanta-based, and we are so excited. So let's just get right into it, okay? First things first, Kirby, help us out. We've been talking about this mayoral run. Give us an update. All right, so I won't bore y'all with any of the super unnecessary details this week. I had a chance to look at some of the polls. The one that I trust the most, unfortunately, is the University of Georgia AJC poll. Um, <laughs> it, it matches a lot of the sentiments of the conversations I've been having with people that are actually living in Atlanta, because even though I'm from in Atlanta, you know, they was playing with political uh, lines, and now I live in a city south of Atlanta. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, uh-huh. But uh, as recently as September 13th, um, and I don't think this has moved much, right now it appears that approximately 24% uh, polled uh, are for Kasim Reed. He's the front runner. 20% mm. are polling for Felicia Moore, uh, followed by 6% for Sharon Gay, uh, 5% for Andre Dickens, and 4% for Antonio Brown. And what I can say is that, of course, the debate happened this past Sunday. Um, yeah. There have been many sources that I had a chance to review that stated that after uh, that debate, Antonio Brown may have pulled forward a little bit with the support that he may have by the general public or those that had been undecided, which were sitting at approximately 41% um, as of September 13th. Um, some of the other polls here are a little bit more scattered. Um, a survey by USA Poll is saying that Kasim Reed is the front runner with about 18% of polls. 
uh, Posters Votes, Felicia Moore, again, Sharon Gay, uh, then Andre Dickens, and then Antonio Brown. So the way things are looking is that Kasim is uh, having a high batting average with these folks. And on top of that, the Atlanta Police Union, reported by the AJC, says that some while they were sometimes at odds with Reed in the past, has endorsed him for a third term. Hmm. I swear to God, Kasim Reed want to be Maynard Jackson. Um, <laughs> and it's not possible. Um, so, of course, last week I read you all a couple of art- uh, pieces of an article that mentioned that uh, some former police union members and possibly leadership were saying that they feel like they may be kissing up to Reed because they believe that Reed will be a, some of some assistance to them uh, when he goes back into office and that they should be careful uh, trying to kiss, kiss somebody ants right now because it's probably not going to turn out well for them. Um, of course, Kasim was out here, you know, rocking and knocking, talking about y'all may not like me, but I'll make sure you can get home and have a beer with the person that you do like. So oh, crime, oh. of course, is one of the front runner subject matters, core issues that people are concerned. Approximately 43.7% of polls, pollsters stated that crime is the biggest issue for them, followed by affordable housing at 17.3%, the COVID pandemic at 13.8%, income inequality at 72 traffic congestion at 3.8 and corruption at 3.8. Corruption <laughs> move a little bit further up the list, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, I know everybody is not a, a, a quote-unquote a resident of the city of Atlanta, but like just thinking about the, your own cities and spaces that you reside in, how would you feel if the landscape looked like it does in Atlanta right now? Jazzy? <sighs> I'd be pissed off, but see, the the thing about me is I participate in local, mm-hmm. you know, being black, I participate in local elections and I go to debates and uh, all of that stuff, especially when we had the sheriff out here in Rockdale County. Uh, I went to that debate and uh, asked questions and everything else. So I think it's important just as black people for us to participate in our local politics, but just not participate, but listen and pay attention to what these people are talking about. We already know what, you know, Kasim Reed did when he was in office the first time. Is that somebody that you want to put back in office? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't, I don't have, you know, nothing against them. Do your thing, but do what's right by the people. It was just a lot of underhanded stuff to me. And that's why politics really gets on my nerves because they say they for the people and they talk and they talk that talk to get you to vote. And then once they get your vote, which Biden, you, 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 you pissing me off too. I'm going to start writing letters. Uh Oh, once they get your vote, you know what I'm saying? They, they do stuff totally different. I have not seen a politician who is honest and, and they say something and they do what they say. So, you know, I think it needs to be some fresh, young person. I don't think it needs to be anybody that's old. Uh, somebody that's innovative and that, and that can come to the table with new ideas about how to address just not only crime, but like we've all been to, we've been talking about, I think we done said it almost every episode in season one, <laughs> you got to address the underlying issues of crime, but also mm-hmm. affordable housing, homelessness, like it's it's a lot of other stuff that needs to be addressed. Why in the fuck is y'all giving the police department all that money for a training facility where you can give them a quarter of that 
to update the training facility that they do have and take the rest of that money and invest it in the community. But anywho's, yeah. All right. So Jazzy looking for new blood. Shandy, what you think? Go whole mayoral race just reminds me of you know how in black families, or I ain't gonna say black families, but families period. Y'all know how y'all have like that good relative that's just not good. And y'all <laughs> know they not good, but it's like y'all always want them at the family function and you just be like, why? Like, you know Uncle Mark is a bad person. But you want them around and it's like we just gonna sweep all the shit that Uncle Mark did under the rug mm-hmm. and just be like, you know, we we family, we stick together. No. That that's what vibe is giving me. Like, I don't have no personal issues against um Mr. Reed or this that's right. That's his name, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like y'all know this man is not to be trusted. Just like Auntie Jackson said, y'all know what he did before, but y'all want to let him back in because that's somebody that y'all know. You got to like, because y'all just know him, you know? And I and, and it's just like, it don't make sense to me. And it's this whole, I'm going to get you home safely. And, you know, Mayor Bottoms didn't do what she was supposed to do for COVID and crime. But baby, you wasn't put in that same predicament. Like, if you would have been a mayor... Around the time of you know the pandemic happened, so you trying to say that crime wouldn't have increased? That's a lie. Like you yeah. have to think about all of the factors of the reason why crime increased. First of all, yeah, you know, they weren't arresting nobody. They want they really at the at the beginning of it, people were scared to make contact with other people. I know I work in the systems where people who should have been arrested did not get arrested because they trying to limit the 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 um the interaction between law enforcement and in the community because they want to make sure that they officers are safe. And you have officers who didn't really want to interact with the community because they didn't want to take that home. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a lot of factors that, that, you know, he keep trying to make it seem like she just did a terrible job, but you wasn't putting her same predicament. So you don't know. You get what I'm saying? Cause that's his whole thing. Like I'm a make crime go down. I'm a make crime go down. Baby, no, you're not. Not if you're spending money on other shit. But anyway, that's just my take on it because I'm sick of him. I'm sick of all of them, really, because just like Nancy Jazzy say, they, they get in, they do the gift of gab, they lie, they lie, they lie. And then the people who love both, y'all get the shit in of the stick, but y'all, it's not, y'all don't want to wake up. Y'all don't want to participate. Y'all don't want to go out. Y'all don't want to ask questions. Y'all really scared to ask questions. Why? They need y'all. Y'all don't need them. But anyway. So something that I'm finding very interesting is that it seems like there's not really a standout candidate that people are just super excited about. Yeah. It's not. And that's very concerning. And the other thing I just want to point out, because some people might say, well, if you don't live in Atlanta proper, why do you care? Well, because here in Georgia, things that happen in Atlanta trickle down and kind of affect everyone it does um and a lot of people may not live in atlanta but they work in atlanta mm-hmm. and they spend quite yeah. a bit of time in atlanta um just like you know coco for example works at a very important place uh <laughs> in atlanta um so you know you're there every day you're driving there you're eating there um you know sometimes sleeping there 
Um, you're there all day. Your children may be in daycare there. Um, and we spend a lot of our free time there. Um, our weekends there, you know, it's, it's Atlanta. And, and then the, the things that are passed in Atlanta or done in Atlanta eventually trickle their way down to the metro Atlanta areas and then to other parts of Georgia. So that's yeah. why we pay such close attention to what's going on in Atlanta mm-hmm. because it eventually affects everyone. Um, Kasim Reed is, is this always, it's not funny, but it's funny watching his whole thing and watching his responses and things like that. It's almost, Comical. Didn't he do some kind of ad where he said bye Felicia or something like that? Yeah, I him and Felicia have had Felicia Moore have had so many it, it's like they're uh it's like a cartoon almost now, like their rivalry. Um I know even we were talking about his endorsement from the police, and you know, there was controversy about her having said, I don't want endorsement from the police because it'll look bad. Well, I want it, but not publicly. Because it'll look bad. She says that's not true. She accused him of, you know, some backhanded stuff. And um, he is under investigation still. So, yeah. His response was funny because he said something to the effect of, that sounds like something a loser would say or something. (laughs) I'm like, are you trash? Like, oh my God. Like watching two kids fight on the playground for the damn seesaw. Like, what? Like, come on. Like, anyway. So maybe Jazzy got is on to something. Maybe it's time for some some new young blood to come in and 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 kind of change it up a little bit. Maybe maybe that's what we need to do. Let's talk about it, y'all. Well, y'all connect with us on our social media. Let's talk about it. And I do think Auntie Jazzy got a point, but you got to think about it. And I go back to the family. You know how when a young person in the family is trying to get, you know, Mm -hmm. grandma and and auntie open their eyes and they just be like, no, baby. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. You young. I got clothes older than you. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like it would take so much for a young, innovative person to get in and they would need the backing from the other, like the the young generation. You get what I'm saying? They will really need that, but the young generation is not into politics. They not. Yeah, they and just so not gonna they give them the backing that they need. Like they gon' if it ain't about social media. Now, if he can come out with a rap video or something, you know, they might be interested. But if he's really talking politics, and a lot of people don't understand it either. So you know, I feel like that's more of the community need to get together. Like the the older generation who is into politics and who know need to kind of take them under their wings. But I guess at the end of the day, you can only teach people when they are willing to learn. But, and it goes back to Jazzy. We all got to get involved, but I think it's going to be important for the younger people. It is um, to get the younger people involved, right. not the yeah, older right. people, because they don't have they yeah. shot y'all didn't do y'all job, so we're gonna have to step in and, and do it. Um, <laughs> for those of y'all who didn't, I think we've heard a lot of young people. I remember me and Jazzy actually were sitting in the office one day, um, and and another officer uh, with us. Um, we, by the way, y'all, we're not being critical of law enforcement um, unfairly. We all were in law enforcement or are in law enforcement. Um, just put that out there in case people think that we're being overly critical. Um, we we in that number as well. But um, <laughs> we were sitting in the office with two other officers, and one of them, you know, was talking about not voting. This was somebody younger than all of us, and and um, was the minority. If that's who and I that was a minority. Okay. 
Ain't no affordable housing <laughs> in Atlanta. Um, because this, even though this is <clears throat> not related to the centennial yard, but it's related because baby, that the rent in the A Atlanta is drastically increasing. Um, the average rent in Atlanta is eighteen hundred dollars. That's the average rent, and of course, <laughs> it is affecting who. Who? Black households. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, black people are spending 31.4% of their income on rent. Um, which doesn't really make sense because they're not making as much money to spend that much on rent. Um, so, of course... Latinos are spending 30% of their income. Whites are paying 27.2. And Asians are paying 23.1%. And this is not only happening in Atlanta, but it's happening nationally in San Diego, in Orlando, St. Louis, and so many other places. Black people are have the highest burden when it comes to paying rent. Um, <laughs> I don't know... When $1,800 became affordable, um, I make a good living. I'm not even going to hold you, but I don't want to pay $1,800 for rent. But I don't know what you all think. I'm just <laughs> lost in the word over here. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so I got my real estate license last year and... I saw, I mean, I had been seeing the writing on the wall as a person being from Atlanta. There was a time in history where having money meant you had a $250,000 house. Now, mm-hmm. entry-level starter homes are three fifty. Yeah. Um, and I think I've mentioned in previous seasons about the $500,000 townhouses um, on Bankhead. And just to address the Gulch, you know, it's not an area, no offense to my city, that is deeply important to me. It's at the intersection of Centennial Olympic Park Drive. Martin Luther King Jr. Drive and Spring Street. So this yeah. is an area that's like very close to like Georgia Tech, downtownish mm-hmm. yeah. uh, kind of situation. What's going to end up happening is what's already been happening: more traffic. Yeah, um, it's probably not going to be affordable housing because there are, and I can't remember what the name of the system is. There, we have a weird rent control software that's going on in the background with most property management in Atlanta right now that. You could go to a place and it'd be $1,800 on Tuesday. But if you go back next Monday, it's $2,500. Yep. And it's $2,500 across all those types of apartments that have similar amenities across the city and the metro area. So, like, there's a lot of things going on at play. This is just another one of those opportunities to develop some more areas for the majority to have somewhere to walk mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, eat, play, walk, live uh, kind of space. Um, so, I mean, it's not a surprise. I'm going to continue to say this. Um, Atlanta has turned into L.A. Mark my words. I told everybody like in 2015, everybody's coming here. The traffic is going to be to a point where it's going to take you 45 minutes to go 15 minutes up the street. It's going to get to a point where there's no time of day where you can move about the city freely um, unless you leave somewhere at 6 o'clock in the morning. And even then you might get ran over by Amazon truck. Mm. So... (laughs) um, you know, just take that in consideration. I, I hope that the project is somehow helpful, but I mean, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, Atlanta is gone, and if 
even if you are, and I hear you, uh, uh, Auntie Coco, about making a good living. I make a decent living too. But if you if you are not super nimble uh, with your money right now, you better go ahead and if you want to be in Atlanta, you better go ahead and get a piece of property, mm-hmm. um, and 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 be done with it because in the next couple of years, and we still have the um, the West Side Park had a grand opening recently. And that is going to eventually be bigger than Piedmont Park. And that's over, um, that's like right behind Buckhead area. So, and houses over there are already going crazy. So, you know, all these development projects, commercial and uh, residential, et cetera, Atlanta's expanding um, aggressively. And it's not going to stop anytime soon because it's still cheaper than most of the more expensive cities around the country. Living in New York is still too expensive. Living in California in certain areas is still too expensive, or at least the areas that people would appeal to. You can go to places uh, in the interior of California and be paying $900 rent right now, but people go to California to be in the sun and at the beach. So, you know, and even Texas, don't nobody, if you're a progressive, you're not moving to Texas right now. So, you know, definitely not. People are running still from all sides of the country to Atlanta. And that is only going to continue to create these wild fluctuations um, and all these different residential projects and commercial projects going on. So I just feel like I don't have a feeling towards it anymore. I've already grieved Atlanta um, and Atlanta lives within me. So wherever I go, I take Atlanta with me. But if you got here in the last 10 years and you know you want to stay here, you better get you a piece of property because eventually everything inside the perimeter is going to probably be over $600,000 for a a a three-bedroom, two-bathroom. And I don't know about y'all. I don't care how much money I make. I don't want to pay the mortgage on no six hundred thousand dollars house. Man, so, okay. Like that's 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 tuition a month. Uh, <laughs> so no, thank you. Jazzy, what's your thoughts on this? Y'all, I lost my train of thought. I was listening. I was listening to Kirby, and I'm like, what in the hell am I gonna say? Um. <laughs> so the so the gulch is gonna be something kind of like Pont City Market, huh? That that's was, what it seems like. Yep. That that would have sound like ain't no damn affordable housing gonna be over there. And they know it. I don't even know why they always want to throw that motherfucking word in there. Um, affordable housing, like like you said, for who? For who? Who who gonna be able to afford it? And then it's like like Auntie Nick said at the beginning of the show. Uh, the stuff that goes on in Atlanta, it has an effect on the perimeter on the outside of Atlanta. What people are doing or what companies are doing now. Is uh, my husband works uh, for a concrete company, and uh, they're going to where they're building these new homes, and these companies are buying these homes or they own these homes and they're renting them out. So you have full neighborhoods of new houses, and they're renting these houses out, and rent is starting at two thousand dollars. Ooh, and this is in this is in Gwinnett, this is in areas in Rockdale, Newton County. Newton County, and you're seeing the people. The, the uh, what's his name? Mark Spain, Swain, whatever it is. The the uh, the carousel. I call it a carousel, a go round real estate agent. Yeah, he got billboards everywhere. Does it? Does it? That's a letter offering to ask us to buy our house, bro. We finna sit down because we we ain't finna sell nothing. Yeah, we ain't you going to work. To keep we, it. Keep it. We, we can't afford no apartment. Apartments is high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no decent ones. I may not like my city, but I love my mortgage. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I'm like, but it's it's no way. And if so I leave, just... I'm going outside the state. Huh? I'm ready to go outside the country the way America going, but that's not. <laughs> hey, Costa Rica. But, uh... <laughs> uh-huh. 
But uh, yeah. yeah, Atlanta is just it's 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 changing. I don't I don't like the new Atlanta. I don't like the traffic. I don't like all the building going on and all the construction. I don't like it. I want oh, I want that ATL ho. I want that. Listen, and all these baby, that's gone. People that have brought. Listen, I ain't talking about everybody, but it's a lot of it's a lot of fraudulent people that this huge, uh, multi generational, multi coastal. Uh, migration to Atlanta has caused you can't tell people you can't tell folks from one another anymore and right. everybody is after something I, I I still got the same friends I went to school with at this point yeah, you gonna need them because baby I'm not from Atlanta so you know when I, I moved here I had to make friends and I was like oh baby this ain't it like <laughs> I know like no disrespect but I'm like I don't know if I made the best decision you know like I really wait because it's just like when you hear about Atlanta from other cities, you be like, "Yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to get here." You know, black empowerment, black this, black that, baby. It's not like <laughs> your niggas be looking at you like, "Excuse me, I don't know you." Like, and I'm not gonna help you. Like, ill, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. But um, yeah, you you too dark for me to be trying to help. I don't. You can't do anything for me. Um, I just was like, dang, because you know, honestly, majority of the friends that I have, they're not from Atlanta. Like, I was about to get ready to say they they can't they can't be from Atlanta, and it's like a it's you can find it's not too many people who are born in Atlanta and still live in Atlanta. I was born in Atlanta and I stayed in Atlanta when I was younger, but mm-hmm. I moved, you know, out or of even city. born in Georgia. Listen. That's true. Because people from smaller cities in Georgia, they know what time it is. They're not moving to Atlanta. They oh, yeah. And when they do, and when they do, oh, baby, they they be real Hollywood. Like, I mean, I know a couple people who come from, like, uh, South Georgia. I'm talking about South, South Georgia. And they, <laughs> moved to, they moved to Atlanta, and you would be like, you not from here? Like, because they just so Hollywood to the point where it be, it's kind of scary, like, Okay, like I said fraudulence. Like I'm talking about fraud. That's why when we talk about taking friends applications earlier, not me. I can't. It's just too much fraud going on yeah. out there. People just really is chasing the Hollywood, uh, Housewives of Atlanta, uh, love and hip hop. And I'm like, yo, it's not like that every day. It's not. People go to work like it's regular people out in Atlanta. Like, but when people move here, they automatically think that that's how it's going to be. Mm-mm. It's not. Why it's would we want to live your life like that every day anyway? Like, ew. But it's all okay, so look. I am that bougie adjacent person <laughs> who loves Ain't nothing wrong with that, though. To see my neighborhood improve. Yes. Nice things come in. Businesses, new jobs. I like everything shiny, sparkly, and new. Um, well, not everything is shiny, sparkling, and new, but you know, because I like some soul in there. But y'all get what I'm saying. I like, I like a nice community in a nice neighborhood. However, comma, comma, I am not for gentrification. <laughs> I am not for you know, just moving people out so that wealthy white folks can come move in. I'm for empowering and educating the community that I'm in. 
And that's what I want to see more of. If if we're going to be making these changes and doing these things, it shouldn't be at the cost of displacement of people who have been there and, and they are not reaping any of the benefits of, of these changes. You know, that to me, it's just abusive. Um, we, we need to be making sure that the people who are native to those areas are, are being included in these plans. Cause more often than not, when gentrification rolls around, they like, oh, y'all got to go. Like Jazzy said, offering to buy your houses. I get so many offers to buy my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get offers to buy my house in the mail every week, text yeah. messages, phone calls and messages. I'm not selling my house. Y'all stop asking. But I see the changes in my community right now with people buying up houses, flipping them, and trying to move different people in. Yeah. Um, and the people who lived in my neighborhood, um, some of them were their older people, they were born in those houses, literally. Yep. Their parents gave birth in those houses. Um, and then they grew up in those houses and then they inherited those houses. So it's really sad for me to see some of them kind of getting pushed out for not even nearly enough money, but it seems like enough to them, but they don't see the long-term mm-hmm. benefits yeah. of staying anymore. Um, so I think education is is a really big thing right now that I would like to see and I try to do in my community um, to prevent people from being taken advantage of with this surge. And again, this is part of that trickle down that you see from what's going on in Atlanta. The immediate metro areas are definitely affected by that. And especially when you see some people moving from the city, they want to move into the, the metro area surrounding. So that's where we at with it. Um, I'm not mad at improvements. You know, it, it, I, I, I have no problem with taking the dirty parking lot and making a nice shopping center if that's what we're going to do. But we have to do it the right way. And I think that goes back to what Jazzy talks about, taking control and initiative with being involved in your local politics and making sure that your politicians are actually representing you mm-hmm. when yeah. they are making these changes, accepting these checks, signing off on these documents, saying that we're going to do these projects. Because if you voting for them and they are not representing your best interest, why are you voting for them? Yep. Uncle Mark. You know, it, it, don't make, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense um, that you don't voted for somebody that's literally kicking you out some people like the devil they know over the devil they don't know mm-hmm. yeah i just don't fuck with the devil you know hey period talk about it. so um i i rebuke i rebuke the devil um but we'll keep our eye on it i mean it, it's it's it looks like it's coming so let's it just is. keep our eye on it and and see what happens and we'll and we find out more things about it. If y'all have any opinions, definitely reach out to us on social media and let's talk about it, okay? Um, speaking of changes, Coco, let us know about because you just said something about traffic. Um, they're talking about closing one of our <laughs> busiest roads um on Sundays. What's going on? Atlanta City Council is considering closing Peachtree Street on Sundays um to make it the next level of the Atlanta Street Alive. So I think three to four times out of the year, they do like a Street Alive on Peachtree Street and it's kind of like where 
kind of like a parade where you can ride bikes, walk, scoot, have fun, play in the street. So they were saying that people, I don't know what people, but I could just kind of figure it out, uh, want more <laughs> of that. You know, they want that to happen more often. Um, so they're looking to close the street. Uh, for, so it's going to start um, on Trinity Avenue downtown, and it's mm-hmm. going to go all the way through 17th Street in Midtown. So it's due to start maybe like September 2022. They're going to close the street from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Um, so they say, well, according to Councilwoman Margaret Mullins, she said that people need this to happen more often. So, you know, they can have a good time, interact with each other, enjoy it. So, you know, the big issue with that is the people who live in the area have concerns about how they're going to access their homes. Of course, like safety concerns. But Miss Mullins can assure you that traffic would be okay because it's parallel streets that can get you north and southbound. And then also law enforcement will be out there. And because, you know, law enforcement is out there, no crime will happen. (laughs) Um, You know, (laughs) so you guys have nothing to worry about. My thing is something happening two or three, four times out of the year. That's cool. But every Sunday, no, nobody don't want to deal with that shit every Sunday. Go to the park if you want to skate, if you want to ride your bike, if you want to play in the street, which I don't know why you want to play in the street. But if you want to play, scoot, roll around, run with your dog, ride your bike, go to the park. Because that's what it's for. But, you know, that's just my opinion on it. You know, what you guys think. You know, of course, yeah, by the majority, because, you know, the majority lives in that area. We, we already know that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just feel like it's already enough of shit that's going on. Like traffic. <laughs> it's just, I don't, every day they just try to do some shit that disproportionately affects people of color while the majority just is living a la-la life. I just, it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to let y'all talk a little bit about it. All right, Jazzy, let's go. Well, Auntie, Auntie Mick, you know, until us people of color uh, come together and stop arguing and fighting about dumb ass shit, right. we're all going to be last and we're, uh, nobody's ever going to think about us or care about our interests or what's really good for us because if you've looked at everything and this is past the topic if you looked at the stuff that's going on politically and bills and stuff have been passed black people still have not gotten their just desserts but anyways um i'm wondering if did they mention anything about the people voting for this like who well we know who wants to do this but (laughs) why is y'all shutting down i i don't i don't think that's gonna be a good idea i think once they do it and when shit starts happening and traffic is really backed up and accidents happen, because, you know, they'll hit your shit in Atlanta and they'll keep going. So, <laughs> um, I've, I've had that experience. I don't know if that's a good idea. Like you said, two or three days out of the year, yeah, but every Sunday shutting it down so y'all can have a hippie fest or frolic through the street. I don't know what. I mean, what? what? Okay. I, I'm... Uh, Okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm done, y'all. <laughs> Kirby, is it a yes or a no for you? I mean, they can do what they want to do. I'll stay over there. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, now, what I can say as far as having an opinion on it, I, uh, an opinion on it, like, 
this is the type of stuff that you do like in community. Yeah. Uh, Peachtree Street is the city. Like <laughs> you, that's too much going on. Like yeah. again, the car. Uh, fo- it's gonna be some. I don't want to throw this on nobody, but it's gonna be some hit and runs. <laughs> don't bring your don't bring your kids out there with y'all bikes and y'all y'all Subarus and 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 sobs and talking about some. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go. You know, we're gonna go rollerblading. I, I think it would be safe. Go to your local park where your neighborhood situation are on the curb of, right. of your yard. I, no. This sounds very, very unsafe. And this is not just me post-COVID, quote-unquote, if there is such a thing as a post-COVID world. Yeah. Um, that's not even, like, scary version of me, uh, of Auntie Kirby talking. This is, like, I know my city. Like, it's gonna be lit. And then on top of that, again, Hollywood is in Atlanta. All them street performers that y'all don't want to deal with, they gonna make their way over there because it's like it's lit. Let's let's, right. let's go get some money. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody gonna get stolen. Um, <laughs> this, <laughs> it don't sound. It does not sound appealing to me. Now the idea, yeah, because in college we used to have block parties all the time. It was a lot yeah. of fun. A lot of the fraternities would have a block party. You you know you get to sit out and chill and you know converse and enjoy time and you know hang out dance whatever uh, so the concept i'm totally for it but at that location i would be irritated a little bit if i lived over there too like again you know there's a certain population that likes to live eat work play type of situation i want to come downstairs and go to my bougie deli without having to see all of these people <laughs> right <laughs> so i want to go to savvy provisions and get me a special made italian sandwich and my goat cheese and some honeycomb, some fresh honeycomb, and I don't want to be bought. <laughs> so, um, you know, hat tossing them people. I don't know whose idea, it, who the specific group of that demographic idea it was, and who voted and said yay over the nay. But y'all have fun with that. And then also, y'all br- y'all pull an APD, which is already low on gas in the first place, into the yep. situation. What's going to happen when something go down in another part of the city while y'all over there lollygagging on Sundays? Because most people don't go to church on Sundays no more. No. Nope. So they ain't got nothing else better to do than to act up. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm with that. Um, so, yeah. This is where I'm at with it. The the APD part definitely was at the front of my mind. Like, um, ain't we stretched enough with law enforcement? Like we said, three, four times a year, that's one thing. Every Sunday... For another year, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> also, I don't live in that area, but if I did, I tell Margaret Mullins and who the fuck ever else, come put that shit in your backyard. <laughs> right. Yep. Okay. Because ain't nobody trying to have all that goddamn noise, all them people, all that trash, and everything <laughs> else that, that comes with it in my neighborhood. I, maybe I want a nice, quiet Sunday. Okay. How about that? <laughs> What if I just want a nice peaceful Sunday without having a damn crowd outside my balcony yelling, screaming, running, throwing shit, buying stuff? Like, what what happened to that? Like, maybe I just want that. Like, that is annoying to me that from 2 to 6 p.m. every damn Sunday, I got, and it ain't gonna be from no 2 to 6 because people gonna be getting there before to set up. Okay, and, and break down and all that. Like, so basically, my Sunday is just shot. If you don't get it done before two o'clock, okay, <laughs> year. 
No, if you don't get it done before Sunday, because you, you can just cancel your whole Sunday, because you know they're going to be out there at 6 a.m. setting shit up. That's what I'm saying. They're going to be up there trying to get stuff ready, moving in, setting up. People going to be arriving, parking, walking around. And if I pull out at 159 and one of them police stop me, I'm going off. Yeah. Okay. Um. So where I live, I live um right... <laughs> Okay, so I live right by a um a town square, like a downtown area, right? And mm-hmm. every year on the fourth of July, mm-hmm. I get irritated because they block off the historic district where I live because people would people used to, which I didn't even see it as a problem, but maybe it was people would line the main road either in their car or they would bring like lawn chairs out. And like sit on the sidewalk and they would watch the fireworks because the fireworks are in the, in the town square, right? So I can see it from my house, so I'm, I'm straight. But um, they ended up blocking off this whole road and not letting anybody go down this road while the fireworks and everything and the celebrations are going on downtown um, to keep it clear. Now, I live on this road. And every year it never fails. I'm coming home on that day and they trying to tell me go the other way, other way, and with the, you know, with the little arm signals, and I'm signaling back, no, nigga, I live over here. <laughs> Move. I need to get right there to my house, right there. And um, and I have to like literally show them my ID to say, I live here. <laughs> Can y'all move, please? And I mean, it doesn't bother me. Uh, it didn't bother me when the people would be over there because, they, I, I mean, honestly, they didn't bother anything, and it wasn't like a loud thing. It was just like sitting on the street on the sidewalk watching, and they weren't like blocking anybody's driveways or, you know what I mean? It wasn't really invasive. Again, this isn't in the city cities, so this is not as much of a populated area. But, um, it. I, I can empathize with not liking my street being closed. It's very annoying. And then I do think about what if an emergency vehicle needs to get through and yeah. all these cars are congested because the police are trying to tell them which way to go and how to go around. And, and that's just one day a year that I know this is coming. Every Sunday? Uh-uh. That, that's too much. I think that's too much. And then my other question, if I live there, do I get a check or something? Okay. Do I get a check every week or every month for, for the inconvenience? inconvenience yeah. Um, what is the community getting something out of this? Do we get, do our community get something at the end of this? Do y'all build a nicer uh, recreation area for us? Or do like, what, what, what are we benefiting from this? Other than other everybody being able to come because I don't even live in that community, but I can come over there. Okay, parlay all motherfucking Sunday. You know, <laughs> so, well, I I would just want to know why would we want to do this other than just saying because people like it. People can like it somewhere else. People like killing people too, but we don't need <laughs> we ain't finna be over there uh, hyping that shit up. Yeah, so Ooh. I. Would just have questions. I mean, if the people in the community are there for it, great. Y'all, y'all all decide on that. Good. I hope it's a community uh, decision. But um, uh, Peachtree people, Peachtree people, huh? <laughs> y'all better just stay on top of this. Cause these folks gonna have all kind of mess going on in your backyard or your front yep. yard 
I don't know. Figure it out. I but yeah. And what's wrong with skating at the park? It's riding your bike at the park. Uh, bike park. Like, I just don't. Like you said, Auntie Nick, I'd be mad as hell. I'm trying to do something every Sunday and I got to deal with all this extra shit. And you know, sometimes you be out, then you have to use the bathroom and you know, it get real, real close when you buy your house. But you know, you can't even get in goddamn, can't even get in your house. Buy the pen, your goddamn clothes. Yeah, uh-uh. I'm, I'm, I'm not there for that. I, and like I said, I've been there. I've been like stuck in this traffic and I'm trying to tell them I live here. And I can't get through, and it takes forever. And they get irritated. I'm getting irritated, but I'm not leaving. Look, that's I live right here. Like they don't want to hear that because they're just trying to move the traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, and no, I'm not parking around the corner and walking to my damn house. I pay for a driveway <laughs> right there. Right. Every month, I pay that mortgage company for this property, and I'm parking at it. <laughs> Period. Period. Anyway, we're going to keep it moving. Um, Speaking of metro areas, Gwinnett County is getting a new business um, that actually had a huge start in Atlanta. Um, Jazzy, tell us what what we got to look forward to in Gwinnett County. So, y'all, Pinky Cole, the founder and CEO behind Slutty Vegan, Bar Vegan, and the Pinky Cole Foundation is opening up a new Slutty Vegan location in Duluth, Georgia. It's going to be located um in Gwinnett County off of Pleasant Hill Road and um you know she has other slutty vegan locations as well um in Edgewood well off of Edgewood there's one in Jonesboro and then there's one off of Ralph David Abernathy so this one here will be to the Gwinnett she also has the slutty vegan um oh my god food truck and what inspired her to open up the location in Gwinnett was when she took the food truck out there one weekend and the line was ridiculous so she was like you know what i got a lot of customers out here i'm gonna open up another slutty vegan out here um i've never been a slutty vegan but it's it's a plant-based her whole menu is plant-based and she makes um burgers sandwiches and other meals made with you know impossible meat and other uh vegan meats i don't know what that would be but i would love to go and try something i was looking at i'm looking at the menu now as i'm talking to y'all and i see something called a whole boy and i'm like that motherfucker sound like a po' boy um, <laughs> but it's a sandwich with like a, a plant-based shrimp with lettuce tomato um tossed in like a new orleans batter uh with they whatever is the slut sauce is so i don't know it, it sounds good, uh, but I think this is a. I think this is good for Gwinnett County. I also think it's good because it's a black woman uh, that's bringing healthier options to the community. So, what y'all think about it? I'm gonna try to go try it, but I can't be in no line for no forty minutes about no vegetables. I can't. <laughs> Kirby, what's your thoughts on this? Um, let me first and foremost congratulations, Pinky. Uh, she is definitely. Um, uh, a black woman in Atlanta and of Atlanta. She graduated from Clark and was Miss Clark Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, during her time period there. And I'm glad that she's doing well um, as a businesswoman and a black businesswoman in Atlanta. I would never hate on anybody's bag. I I think that Slutty Vegan is decent. I've had it a couple of times. Um, I, I appreciate what it is for what they are trying to do as far as um, pushing... Mm, I put this in quotes, healthier options for everybody, but in particular, you know, seeing it as a black business owner, pushing that for the black community, because a lot of her initial marketing 
Um, I think she worked for a uh, a TV show that was produced by the own network. And so she had different people that were, uh, that she met throughout her time there, like trying it out and like using Instagram as a marketing tool. And so she really, really built everything on her own. But for me, because it is processed food and I'm going through a particular health journey of my own right now, it's not something I know that I can eat all the time, but I can say, I think everybody should try it. Um, treat it like, uh, back in the day, like, uh, how, you know, you ate a certain way throughout the week. Um, and your parents, or in my instance, my grandparents, like on Friday, we have something, uh, to shake things up a little treat. So like we would get Chinese food sometimes or fried fish Fridays or whatever. So, um, it is a good alternative if you, uh, really like burgers and you want something that is not red meat, but also just keep in mind that impossible and beyond burgers are still highly processed, uh, foods. Um, so what I also hope, and if you hear this pinky, um, I don't know if they have one on the menu yet, but let's get some like uh straight up veggie burgers. So like, you know, let's grind up some mushroom and uh chickpea and black beans or something like that. And let's see if we can get that same kind of flavor. Maybe not the same texture, but get that same kind of flavor that she's got going. And I think that that will also help to build uh that brand of healthier eating um, and also alternatives to processed foods um as well but congratulations to her i'm glad that um, she was able to get another location opened up out there in Gwinnett. coco will you be ordering um i've never tried it i want to try it but like auntie jazzy say the line be wrapped around the corner and i just i just don't wait in line for food i don't care where it's from <laughs> i don't care who that either i just don't like when I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Like, when I want to eat, I want to eat. If I pull up to any place in the line alone, I'm leaving. Like, I, that's just how I am. But, I mean, maybe one day, you know, I can get in, get there quick, fast, in a hurry, in and out. And then I'll let y'all know how I go. But kudos to her. Congratulations. I wish her nothing but more success, more locations. And that's that. What I will say, though, if you go to the Ralph David Abernathy one and the Edgewood one, you don't have as long of a, a wait currently. The truck still typically has a long wait, um, and I'm pretty sure that one in Duluth is off the chain right now because it's a, a newer location. I've never been to the Jonesboro one, but as I've been riding around the city um, doing joy rides, because I don't really actually go in anywhere because Pandaresha, but um, if you go like especially close, closer to opening time, you don't have to deal with the lines as bad, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the Duluth location is going to be lines for a while because the Ralph David Abernathy, I was one of the fools. I stood out there for three hours for a burger. Um, <laughs> it was, I mean, I was being young-minded. Uh, I was feel or feeling young-minded. You know, that's a thing for people. Like something opens up or there's something interesting or that's been Instagrammable or Instagram worthy. People go um, and they treated it like it was a club too. I remember there was a guy there who was directing the line <laughs> and he was like, okay, all of you all need to stand up against the wall. Um, I'm the marketing director. I said, I don't know who he was, but like he was basically telling everybody like how much you can buy and you can't stay in there too long and make sure that you have your order ready when you get there. And I was like, okay, that's real cool. Um, I get it. It was a part of, I feel like it was a part of the like, part of the staging, like making you really feel like this is an experience that you're about to have. And it, it definitely is. Um, but yeah, just, you know, be be thoughtful about your choices and, and what we call healthy. Okay. Um, one thing I just want to point out, uh, well, hold on, let me finish adding pinky code to my future friends list. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Hopefully she can um, 
just bring me some by the house and I ain't got to wait in that line. Um, <laughs> but because I'm not waiting that long for no food. Um, but it, it looks delicious. It was a lot of hype around it. It made you want to get it. So marketing, kudos to them because it, it it is definitely one of those things on everybody's list to try. Um, but I do want to point out in, in, in line with what I talk about is always looking for people who give back to the community because I think having a business in certain communities, you need to be giving back. Um, the Pinky Cole Foundation agreed to employ paid training and a safe serve certification for up to 30 current or former Department of Juvenile Justice, DJJ, youth at the Slutty Vegan Restaurants and Food Trucks in the Metro Atlanta area. Um, the foundation also provided a $10,000 scholarship annually for those youth that they hired who have earned a high school diploma or a GED to use towards college or technical school. Ooh. That is amazing to me. Um, that was great. I actually did have a youth that I worked with that actually worked at the lo- that got hired and worked at the location. So that was really exciting um, to see. So it is happening. Um, it's not just something they're saying. It is something that they're doing. Um, that I just want to point out because sometimes, you know, that may make people look at it a little bit differently and knowing that when you're putting your money there, you are actually putting money towards a restaurant and with the owner who is committed to doing different things in the community. And that's just one thing that she's doing. I'm sure she's doing other things, but that one was near and dear to my heart. So I just wanted to point that out. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, um, moving on along, sports is a big thing down here. You know, we love our Atlanta Falcons, even though they be letting us down. Um, I don't know those people. <laughs> no. Rise up. Um, but the Atlanta Falcons recently, um, or their, their social team, I believe it was, uh, recently took a, a stance on some mental health um, type stuff. Jazzy, let us know exactly what was going on with that. Rise up. <laughs> so basically uh mental illness awareness week was october the 3rd through october the 9th so in honor of that week uh this past week their social media content team decided you know they were going to take a break um a mental break and they were not going to post anything on social media um this past week and plus this is a bye week so the falcons don't play today um so they found this is a great uh, a great opportunity to take a break from social media. They posted some um, mental health resources. I don't I don't really follow them on any social media, so I'm not sure what they posted. But they posted some mental health resources for the community to check out, and it's basically was letting people know, you know, it's okay to take a break, a mental health break from social media, because we're in the age of social media, and people are always on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I don't know, Snapchat, all this other stuff, and it's okay. Ticky tacky. Look, TikTok, it's okay to step away and take a break. So they took a break. They're not posting anything. And I think I think it's great. You know, I'll go to a restaurant and uh, you'll see families, everybody at the table with the phone in their hand. And I'm like, wow, is it the phone or technology this serious? So shout out to them for, you know, bringing awareness to mental illness and, you know, providing resources to people in the community. Hey, if you got some problems, check 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 some of those resources out <laughs> well all right um Kirby you know I appreciate them doing that um I, just full transparency like social media can be a struggle for me um I didn't even realize that social media was creating anxiety for me in certain ways but I think back even to my childhood like when I would get home from school uh 
we had a television that we had sitting on our kitchen table, but typically the TV didn't come on until after we all had discussed our day, what type of day we had. My grandfather would talk about what he did in his office. My grandma would talk about the day that she had. I would talk about what I did at school, um, what I learned. And then eventually uh, that would take, I don't know, maybe about 45 minutes to an hour for us to have a discussion. And then we would watch the news together at the table while we ate. So like thinking about how the interactions in my childhood, whether it be with having dinner every day with my grandparents or at school with my friends, like, uh, or even thinking about everybody was watching the same thing on television. You didn't get to choose what you watched. There was, it was literally TV programming. You sat in front of the television. That's why you were able to have conversations with folks about the show that they watched last night because we were all doing the same things. Um, and how that has so, gra- like, not gradually, but aggressively has changed um, and how it has affected our mental health um, as a nation and as individuals. Um, I'm glad that the Falcons uh, are winning in that area, um, in that aspect, um, and being champions. Uh, something that I think is really important, which is like learning to just take a break, um, disengage, and re-engage with self. Um, so I appreciate them the, the putting forth those efforts. Hopefully they can be as fervent about getting um, a Super Bowl ring um, in the future. Man, please. Right. <laughs> you pushing it. Oh, Coco, pushing. what you think about the Falcons? Uh, um, team I think it was a wonderful idea. Um, I feel like mental health should be talked about throughout the whole year. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's just really important to me um, because, you know, I work in a, a system where I come in contact with people, um, children, um, parents who have mental illness, and they just not aware or they're not educated or they don't understand um the seriousness of it and working in when I and I say this I say this specifically about social media that it really impacts people mental health. Like when Instagram shut down and Facebook shut down, people really like didn't know what the fuck to do with their life. And I'm like, yo, (laughs) y'all sick. Like like you know (laughs) like Go to work, read a book, go outside. Like y'all really did you say read a book? Yes. Girl, I, where? <laughs> uh go play outside. Like talk to your children. Like you don't even know that your child had a rough day, but your ass know that Facebook and Instagram mm. are working. I don't that just don't <laughs> sit right with me. And you know, when you're dealing with someone who has mental illness, you have to understand that it's not just a one-time thing. Like they, people be really, really ready to give up on people who have mental illness and they don't take it seriously or they think that people are playing, which I don't know too many people who want to play about something that they can't control or yeah. having hallucinations and, you know, hearing things that are not there. I don't know. Cause some people really struggle with that, but you, some people don't understand because they don't have those same struggles. So kudos to them. Um, you know, if you are ever feeling alone, feeling uneasy about your mental health, just reach out to someone. Someone is always there to listen. They have so many hotlines. They have a mental health um, bus that comes out to the home that, you know, if you're scared to go to a 
a, a hospital. They have they come out to the home. They assess you. They give you the help that you need. Just know that it's resources out there, and you're not alone. So kudos to the Falcons and hopefully other teams and other um, people with big platforms can highlight this as well. Ooh. Okay. Well, you know, I do think it was really cool for them to do that, um, to promote promote good mental health um, awareness and practices. Um, I mean, I guess the question is, do we think that this is their responsibility to do this, or is it just them going above and beyond? Um, I'd like to hear people's feedback on that. Um, I did go on their social media, and what they did was they provided a link in their bio that you could click on. Um, and it just uh, led you to their website, which led to another link to get to more resources and some information. Um, it talked about increasing mental health awareness, um, promoting access to resources, basically talking about employers, making sure that there are resources that are readily available, easily accessible and understandable for employees to get treatment and manage their mental health conditions. Um, and they asked that the resources span a broader range um, for emergency support, substance misuse, suicide, preventative care, mindfulness exercises, stress management, and other strategies um, to build resiliency. Meaning there, there's there's so many things that people need that fall under mental health um, that I think sometimes people don't even realize is a mental health thing. Um, so just encouraging um, employees to have all of those things covered and more under their um, access to mental health um, and also asking for employees and organization, employers and organizations to consider how they could positively affect stressors to lessen common um, employee burdens. Everybody done been to work and been stressed out mm -hmm. by their job. So, you know, just saying as an employer or an organization, are there things that you can do? Yeah, there's small and large things that you can do to help lessen those stressors on your employee. They, um, provided information about taking personal action we are all responsible for our mental health and our personal health mm -hmm. so just telling us about that and things that we can do with that um some ideas for community care things that you can do every day you know how we always say the little things right um a random act of kindness is is a, is a small thing you can do in your community care um some ideas for self-care um, were included on there. And like I said, there were some links um, that you could go to to get more specific information and um, uh, places you can go to get help. So it, I, th I thought that was pretty cool to include that information and actually somebody standing behind what they said. I mean, I guess it's more than just sports, more than just entertainment. People are stepping into social responsibility. Is that what we would call it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's cool. I like to, again, I'm, I, I like to see where my money going. And I like to see positivity in my community based on me giving you my money. Mm -hmm. And I, as a business owner, I would like to do the same thing. When you paying me your money in your community, you want to see that I'm putting back something just as positive in there, right? You know, so. Absolutely. Kudos to the Falcons. Now y'all just win some games, okay? All right. Didn't I say you was pushing it. Just push it. You know, just just put maybe we'd be telling them it's mental health awareness and you know what? And make it in there. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. 
But rise up. <laughs> rise up. Falcons rise up. I'm a home team. I'm not a big football fan, honestly, but I always root for the home team. So come on, y'all. Like, give, give us something. All right, because I'd be tired of these folks talking shit about, about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to get some serious hate for this. I really need y'all to do something because I'm really tired of Saints, fam. I'm sick of it. I mean, yeah. We, we be tired of that, you know. I, I be tired of it, but but I will say, Atlanta Falcons got some loyal fans. But him and the Cowboys, the best yeah, ever. Yeah, oh yeah, the Cowboys <laughs> definitely do, but Atlanta, whether win or lose, you know, they be in there. So, that's that. Well, y'all, that is the end of our Atlanta uh, topics for today. I think that was pretty good. And we had so many more we could have kept talking about, but that for a later show. Atlanta got a lot going on right now. Yeah, I do. Atlanta got a whole lot going on. And it, and these are ongoing things. So don't worry. If you don't have time to check up on it, extra crispy, extra wet, with your young aunties, we're going to keep you in the know. <laughs> That's right. right. Well, sometimes when you go out and you get your, get your food, you get home and your fries ain't hot, and you got to take it back. We like to call these our returns or our let goes. Okay? So I know uh, Kirby, I think you had a let go. I just want to let go of, and especially, especially being this is an, uh, a somewhat Atlanta based episode, I want to let go of delivery drivers that don't follow instructions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I order my 10 piece lemon yaki, extra crispy, with a grape drink, and a side of shrimp. I need you to not put it directly in front of my door just because you was busy and you was trying to get down 85 and you was taking it easy and you didn't want nothing to get to that lady you was trying to get to. I need you to put it in the chair beside my doorbell. Why is that? Because when I open my door and knock my food over, I'm going to put your tip at zero. Okay? (laughs) So I want to let go of all the Uber, DoorDash, uh, Postmates, Grubhub, <laughs> all the delivery folks, and even the internal delivery people from Jimmy John's. <laughs> I want to let go of every single one of you who <laughs> never followed my instructions and has not forced me to knock my own food over because you put it on the doormat on the ground in front of my front door. <laughs> I've enjoyed keeping my money and I'm going to keep on keeping my money if y'all keep on not following instructions go with God but don't come back over here with that shit that mm-hmm. sound like some niggas doing that go ahead it's everybody <laughs> it don't matter they just do your shit all type of way you be like I didn't want all my sauce on my salad and when I knock my shit over when I open it up that's what happened <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, these delivery people don't be listening. Now, some, <laughs> some, I be wanting to give them a hug. I be wanting to be like, can I? And and I and I don't mean just the food delivery people. I mean all delivery people. Like some, you can tell they some seasoned vets. They know what to do. They know what to look for. They do shit that makes sense. You ain't got to spell it out for them. But even when you do, they follow the instruction to a T. You know. And I just be wishing I was there to like give them something. You know, just 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 
to show my appreciation. I'd be praying at night, like, Lord, just just bless them with a little something, something extra this week for, for that. Because, like, for example, my house, I have a front porch with um a brick. So it's like you can't see behind the porch, right? Mm-hmm. Now, common sense would say with package thefts and everything like that, put it behind the wall where I can see it, but people riding or walking by can't see it. Because you, and then you know, you've given me the alert to let me know it's there. I know to go out on the porch and get it, but no, some of these crazy folks want to put my shit right in the middle of the damn porch, right in front of the door where all the little package thieves that come by can see it, even though God, thank you, Lord, I don't have no package thieves in my neighborhood and my neighbors be outside because they're unemployed and they be sitting there walking my house. <laughs> and they wouldn't let nothing happen to my packages. Amen. But I'm just saying, like, for people who aren't so blessed to have neighbors that actually look out for them, you know, that could be a crazy thing. Like, but I'm just like, you see this wall right here, literally two feet away. You walk past the wall to put it in front of my door. Like, just slide it right there. But, like, some people do it perfectly. It makes perfect sense. I love it. I love them for that. But, yeah, these delivery drivers be trash sometimes. Like, straight up. And I got a I got a video doorbell. I decreased somebody's tip the other day because they walked across my grass. You disrespectful <laughs> son of a <laughs> You know better. Now, maybe you came from somewhere where you don't keep grass, but you know what kind of neighborhood you're in when you come to see me. Don't walk across my grass. I spend a lot of money on my grass, and I know that's for, that's uh, first world problems, but I don't need you killing my grass with your with your nasty feet and sneakers and your Air Force One. Yeah. Do I don't mind them walking on my grass because I walk on my grass, but um, I, I will say some things are self-correcting because one time I put a note on my delivery, I changed it, I said to tell them to come to the back door. Um, the reason I said to come to the back door was for two things. For one, it had rained and there was a little puddle at the bottom of my steps in my front yard. It takes about a day for it to go away. Two, a wasp's nest was on my front porch and I hadn't had it knocked down yet um, because I wasn't doing that shit. Um, so I didn't want them to like come up there with the wasp's nest. And get stung or get chased away and stuff. But of course, no, you don't look and read the directions. You come carry your ass through that puddle <laughs> and there with them wasps. And I watched that dude almost drop my food and run and take off because them wasps was at his ass. I know they would. Like I thought they would be. But that's why you got to follow instructions. If you had followed instructions, you would have been safe at the back door. Anyway, that's our let goes. Period. I just want people to follow instructions. That's all. Follow instructions. And and the thing about Kirby, she gives such specific instruction. I work in the tech industry. All I do is technical writing all the time. I have to give instructions all the time. I can be concise and long-winded depending upon what the nature of the subject is. But either way, the instructions be good and they make sense. Yeah, so it's even more annoying when you take the time to give really specific, um, specific instruction and people still <laughs> don't follow um, the directions. But all right, well, sometimes when you get your food, you know, you go to the family reunion, you go to the cookout, we got extra food, we want you to make it to go plate, take it with you, eat on it throughout the week. We like to call this our to go section when we give you something to take with you for the rest of the week. Uh, Coco, 
I think you got something for the people. I do. I do. Um, I think I need, I don't think, I need you all to just prioritize <laughs> being an adult, making adult decisions, i.e. getting medical insurance, mm. getting life insurance, um, paying your bills, uh, like the roof over your head, you know, the new J's came out, you know, but you went to get the new J's, but you didn't pay your bills. Now you asking me, can you hold two hundred dollars for some groceries? No, you cannot. You better eat them shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. I'm not giving you anything. I understand we are living in a society and a culture in a world where you know material things are what makes people think that you are, I guess, important. But what's really important is that when you pass away. Your family don't have to have a fresh fry because you you didn't have no life insurance. You get oh what I'm saying? Because I ate the flounder ready for Pookie. I'm not That's even true. gonna hold you. Uh, if I know you always in the latest shit and you driving the latest shit, but your 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 grandma want me to uh, get her twenty dollars to put towards your funeral, I'm not doing it because at the end of the day, life insurance is not that much money. It's really not. You know what I'm saying? So if you can go out there and, and splurge on shit that doesn't matter and that can, you cannot take with you when you die, don't hold no type of value of any, then you can spend money on life insurance. You can spend money on medical insurance. It's just, you know, simple shit. To live. To, to live. That's all I want you all to do is just think about that um, because... I don't feel bad when I drive by <laughs> the the fundraiser for your funeral. I just don't because it just oh doesn't God. make sense. I'm just going to be, I'm going to keep it a buck. Like, I just don't understand. Now, you know, some circumstances, people just don't have it. That's different. But if I know for a fact that you out here being careless with your money because you care about 100 likes versus $7 a month on insurance for your well-being, then baby, I don't care i'm i'm gonna drive by and i'm away because i need people to be <laughs> more <laughs> conscious of what they're doing because it just doesn't way. make sense to me. but that's all you know what i'm saying but you're gonna do what you want to do but i'm just saying don't talk about me when i drive past your granny and don't give her no money because i'm because i'm not doing it I hear you. and that's it <laughs> and i'm not don't don't send me no GoFundMe link because i'm not doing it because if it's important to you, then you will make time for it. Yep. That's it. I'm going to say be an adult. What be, that's think? it. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. We're going to talk about that later on later day, but that's just something small to take away today. Prioritize being a true adult. And sometimes that's hard. You know, sometimes you can't hang out with your, you, your homeboys and homegirls because you got to prioritize, you know, what's important. But yeah, I digress. I hear that. <laughs> any feedback I you know I just I concur um, nobody is perfect I'm not asking nobody to be we all are on this journey mm-hmm. a lot of folks didn't tell us that when you've been that corner on 30 it's gonna start getting real out here real um, what because I mean in my mind I thought oh like 40 and 50 is like that oh okay it's time to give it no I've been the corner on 30 and I was like oh my god I gotta figure my <laughs> life out 
And so I hear that. And, and adulting can be, quote unquote, uneasy at times. There's a lot of stuff that our parents didn't get a chance to teach us, even in life insurance conversation. I'm grateful for the fact that my grandparents, although it was based in some very sad circumstances, but my grandparents had life insurance on me a long time ago. So um, <clears throat> that is something I luckily don't have to worry about. So I don't have to pay the extra money at jobs or whatever. But it's the small things. And then health checkups and you know, just keeping up with your body, um, keeping up with your people, keeping up relationships, just adulting in general. Like, this life is a blink away. I was six years old yesterday, I swear to God. So I just, I, I hear that deeply. And I'm sorry for the um, for the, uh, for the the dead cousins and homies that did have to do the GoFundMe, but I do hope that y'all listen to Auntie Coco. Um, pay that little 7 to $14 a month for that $100,000 life insurance policy, especially if you're living reckless out here. Um, I know one thing that I want to do within my family um, is I want to get life insurance policies on all the adults for all the children. And I know that that sounds a little crazy, but hear me out. Generational wealth is not just with through real estate mm-hmm. and it's not just through owning a business. It's also through insurance. Yeah. People have million dollar life insurance policies, not because they want their spouse to hack their head off and get the money, but yep. because when you go, your kids going to be going through a lot. They don't need to worry about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it's not your kids, whoever's handling your estate, you know, whoever you chose as your executor of your estate, of your will, um, you know, throw them, you know, make sure that they have the, the resources that they need to take care of, you know, the life that you built. Um, our family has been blessed enough that we have not had family members to leave us with exorbitant debts. But if we had not had some of their life insurance, um, certain stuff wouldn't have got taken care of. Something as simple as a funeral. Funerals are 16 grand. Like, right out of pocket so um yeah adulting definitely just be an adult this week uh and hopefully for the rest of your, your lives uh take care of business so somebody else don't have to take care of the business for you and it just make you feel better i tell this uh to a couple of my i've told this to a couple of my acquaintances over my life when you start being responsible for yourself yeah it can be overwhelming at times it's like whoo a whole new world at the same time um there's a sense of pride and confidence that comes along with knowing that you got yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause the reality is that just keeping it a hundo, whether it's your spouse, your mama, your daddy, whatever, you really, as you become an adult, you can only, the first person you have to rely on is you not saying you can't rely on other people, but the first person, the number one, the deepest relationship it is with you. So, yeah. All right. Well, sounds like we just want y'all to adult. Do what you need to do because young aunties ain't go funding shit. All right. So that was our let goes and that was our to go box. Uh, Kirby, let them know what is our book of the month? Book of the month. We are reading Thick uh, by Tressie McMillan Cotton. Uh, I recently purchased the book um, after our initial episode announcement. I'm enjoying it thus far. It is a collection of essays uh, by Miss Cotton. And what I've gleaned thus far is that it's a lot about the experience of being a minority, being a woman, um, and then just dealing with uh, all kinds of microaggressions um, across your own industry. And while she is speaking a lot of about uh, speaking a lot about the microaggressions she experienced as a writer, a lot of it translates to anybody. The types of conversations that you have with people, in particular, being a black woman, a black woman of a certain size, a black woman of a certain hue and a black woman of a certain beauty standard. Uh, so I think it's a very important book. 
Um, so you all can get it on all platforms where you do audible. Uh, there's an audible version of the book or, uh, or audio version of the book. You get it on Amazon. I personally buy my books through the um, Apple bookstore because um, I use Apple devices. And so it's easy for me to transition from my iPad to my phone to my MacBook Pro to do reading. And um, it has been very, very interesting thus far. So I encourage everyone to get you a, a copy. If you are OG and you got to smell the pages, um, you can definitely get it at Barnes and Nobles. Um, I don't know if Borders is still out here or Books a Million is still out here doing that thug thizzle, but I imagine they have it as well. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you can go directly to Tracy Mc, Mc, uh, McMillan's uh, Cottom's website uh, to get a copy, uh, a, a copy uh, sent to your home. All right. So, again, we're reading thick. Y'all remember we do promote reading. Um, we want you to be able to, at the end of a calendar year, um, because we're, we're promoting a book every month, so at least that's 12 books um, or so books that you will have added to your bookshelf or your electronic device, your reading repertoire. It's very important to continue exercising your mind, reading, and expanding your horizons through the world of books, you guys. If y'all have any suggestions of books of the month that you would like for us to see, if you've written a book or you have a friend or family member that's written a book that you would like for us to consider, please let us know. Hit us up on social media and Kirby. Tell them where, where they can reach us. You can reach us by emailing hello at extracrispyextrawet.com. Again, that's hello at extracrispyextrawet.com. If you can't spell hello, uh, don't email us. Uh, we'd rather <laughs> hear from you. Um, you also can reach us on Instagram at extra crispy, extra wet. Um, Spell the accurate Miriam Webster's uh, and even Urban Dictionary's way. Uh, there's only one real way to spell extra crispy, extra wet. Um, and we are hoping to launch our website soon. WordPress has been being um, APD with me as of recently. Uh, so we are working on that diligently, but you can definitely get it us via email. And please uh, drop us a line even on anchor.fm. The link is in our bio on Instagram at extra crispy, extra wet. We look forward to hearing from you. We want your comments, your concerns, uh, your questions, and even your emotional outbursts, uh, whatever you would like to share. All right. And thank you guys for all of your um, interaction on Instagram this past week. Um, you know, Kirby, you've been doing a great job with our social media. Thank you. Yay. Oh, thank you. Um, but we loved all of you guys' feedback and reposts, especially with our auntie of the week and our business of the week. Um, that is something we want to continue. So again, if you have any suggestions for auntie of the week and business of the week, um, it does need to be a black owned business. Um, you guys, just to let you know, um, then please let us know, hit us up. We are so excited to connect and learn and, and grow, um, this community online. So yeah, thanks for taking part in our, our polls and reading our posts every day. A lot of work goes into that, you guys. A lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, believe it or not. It's not easy running a business or even doing a podcast. It's a, it's a commitment on all of our parts. Um, again, it's not easy to get four plus because um, sometimes we have other people as well. Um adults uh, as Coco just let us know we do adult around here for real for real um all on the same page but we do our best for each other and for you guys um to the ladies um the young aunties on the line right now I want to thank each and every one of you guys for all of your commitment your dedication um and your time um that you give to this podcast giving us your personality giving us you know your thoughts and, and, and your insight, I really, really, really appreciate it, ladies. Aww. It doesn't go unnoticed, okay? You guys are awesome. And to the hostess with the mostest and the right. darkest, we appreciate you, Auntie Nick. 
Yes. Well, thank you guys. I think that this is great. And I hope that the aunties and uncles around the world hear us when we say we appreciate every last one of you. Like I, I mean it when we say like, y'all, if we have three listeners, if we have 30 or if we have 300, 3,000, 3 million, it doesn't matter. We're going to give you the same energy. And whether it's three or 3 million, we appreciate every single one. And we're going to give you what we got every single time. Okay. So thank y'all for being with us. Again, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we really do appreciate that. Um, join us this coming week on social media. As always, we post every Monday. Every Monday is our new podcast posting date, and throughout the week, you will see every other thing um, posted throughout social media, so follow us. Um, it is time for us to go, but you know, down here, we don't even like to say goodbye. We're just going to keep it straight up Atlanta and say, I ain't then shouting.